RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Back in early June here at RCR, we spoke to Suzanne Levy, spokeswoman for Speak Up for Women, and a bit of time has elapsed, so hey, let's have another chat. Suzanne Levy is with me now. Good morning, Suzanne. Good to see and hear from you again. Good morning, Paul. Thanks for having me back. Okay, I'm really interested to get um, your view on some of the things we kind of know know more of since we talked last time, and that was, you know, obviously um, the fallout from what happened back in March in Albert Park. Anyway, so we have had uh, media council decisions on reporting of those events, and they seem to have, well, nothing's happened. There have been no consequences for the media in the way they reported some aspects of that visit by Posey Parker. One thing I remember very clearly was labeling her as an anti-trans activist, but she never said that. And I remember hearing her saying, clarifying it, that I'm not that. But that didn't seem to matter to the media council. What are your thoughts on that? Well, no, it definitely didn't matter to the media council. She would describe herself, I think, as a woman's rights activist, which is that's how I would describe her as well. Um, the media described her pretty much exclusively as a trans, an anti-trans activist, um, or various takes on that. Some of them much worse. I th- there was the occasional slip up. I think the Herald might have called her a woman's rights activist, but they, you know, probably quickly retracted that. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of the the reporting with the with the media council, you know, their main sort of things that you can complain about are uh, fairness, accuracy, and balance. And none of the complaints on that basis were upheld. And it makes you wonder what the point of the media council is because there were so many examples of um, inaccuracy, you know, lack of fairness, lack of balance, right through 9, 10, 12 days of reporting. And you sort of wonder, well, if if none of those things met the bar, what would? Uh, I think, you know, in terms of balance, there was something like 50-something articles over a nine-day period, and they were all, all anti-Posey Parker. And yet that was determined to not necessarily be out of balance. So what would be? I, I can't kind of think of a, an example of something that, would be more out of balance than that. So you wonder what point there is really to the media council. It's it's like we've got an un, an unregulated media, except that the media themselves are pretending that they're regulated, but they they clearly they're clearly not. So I think that's why people are probably moving towards um, media platforms that don't claim to be regulated, but are actually giving them a balanced and fair um, and accurate view. Would it be the view of you, and speak up for women, would it be the view that if it was the other way around and there were complaints, they would be upheld? Um, Probably. Yeah. Yeah, like if, if um, somebody complained about me saying that uh, trans women were men, uh, there'd be a, a good chance that that complaint would be upheld. So the fairness is gone. Well, yeah, fairness, accuracy, balance, which are the main. I think there are seven. There are seven um, reasons for complaint, and they're actually the only three I can remember at the moment. But um, mm. they seem to be the main ones. Certainly, the ones that I've 
reference when I've done my own media council and broadcast broadcasting standards authority complaints. You know, the, the BSA have moved this sort of thing where any complaints about gender um, reporting on gender will just basically be ignored. You know, if you if you write in and say that um, that somebody referred to a man as a woman, that's not a complaint. So if you have a a, a sex offender, a male sex offender who's described as a woman, um, then you know we can expect just to have those sorts of complaints ignored. If you if you write in and say, look, fairness, accuracy, and all of that, it was a man. You know. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, whoever would have thought it would come to that in a in a place like well, 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 yeah, yeah. And, and the the clickbait of you know, woman rapes rapes man at knife point. I mean, who wouldn't click on that? And it's it's um, it, it's um, it's simply not true. Yeah, but to 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 not get the unfairness of those rulings, or to you know, yeah, ignore well, that, the fairness. I mean, it's it's out there, isn't it? I mean, it's out there. Oh, it's completely out there. That's why I say it's no longer fit for purpose. And yeah. you just, I mean, um, personally, I would I would just think twice about complaining. I don't I don't sort of see the point of it. Obviously, a lot of work goes into into those complaints. It's I think it's still worth firing the odd thing off to the editor um, of you know, which is always the first step in those complaints anyway, um, and. I've I've had a I have had one thing where a headline was changed quite quickly, um, when a particular transgender trans identified male was referred to um, as a woman, and it was it was changed, but that's very rare, and that wasn't a media council thing. That was just between um, between me and the editor and their and their writer. Right. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, you do you do wonder they may as well be unregulated. So there's no point in complaining to these people anymore. Just forget it, right? It's not even worth your time of day, really. Um, some people would say it's still worth it um, because while well, just to expose them, they should still be given a job. Um, they should still have to work their way through the complaints. But uh, yeah, it is getting it's getting hard to sort of. Isn't it better for them to know the that that they're, they're basically irrelevant and no one cares about them anymore? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd like to see some sort of inquiry into whether there is any point to them. Um, but the, I mean, they're basically funded and managed by the by the media themselves, aren't they? So, so, so they they get told to jump, and it's our high, really. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of accrediting and regulating themselves. So it's not like a. I'm not quite sure who they answer to in terms of regulatory bodies, like who do you go to and say, look, you know, the media council are, uh, are nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm. So there's that. Now there have been also some interesting uh, revelations from Official Information Act requests mm. and replies. Um, and uh, where, do you, where should we start there? I've, I've looked at some of the, um, you know, the redacted uh, Letters yeah. and and comms that have, have come through, and uh, I wonder what you make of of what you've been reading there. Where, where do you want to start on that? Do you think? Well, I mean, it was it was obvious that there's some some crazy shit was going down, wasn't it? I mean, it wasn't a normal response from the police for anything. I've you know never seen 
<clears throat> so many people stand there and do nothing as we did um on on the 25th of March so it was clear something something funny was going on in the background and I think the OIA start to um unveil what that might be and that there's some potentially some interference from um Rona Stace who's a trans identified male who's seen to be in some sort of liaison role plus is um on the rainbow Auckland Rainbow Pride board so some sort of conflict of interest going on there potentially quite major um I it's not 100% clear we need obviously need more information and I'd like to think that the IPCA report will or the IPCA inquiry will uncover what you really think so do I really don't. Think? I don't know. So I don't. I'd, I'd no, like. But do we, I mean, look what I happened in like the council. So. I know it's a different setup, but look what happened at yeah. the end of the parliamentary protest. They basically looked the other way. It's some pretty serious stuff. Yeah. As I yeah, as I said before, I haven't seen that one, and I mm. I um, I mean, some of the advice I've been given from lawyers is that it's a good thing it's gone to an independent inquiry. Um, there, you know, some people ha- do have faith in those inquiries, and um, in my in, in my position, I've got no reason not to. But yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. Um, no doubt there'll be there, there'll be more OIAs. Um, and yeah, and and but it's clear there's there's some very strange stuff going on with the whole the whole rainbow movement and the public service how how do you think it it is that there's been the sort of the tentacles of that have kind of crept in without sort of any of us noticing let's say while it was happening to the point where the police will sit on their asses while old people in wheelchairs are getting punched in the face yeah well well clearly whoever's doing that's doing a, a bloody good number on the eh? because I can't imagine that it's easy for your average cop to sit there and do nothing um, or stand there and do nothing. It must go against many of their, um, well, it must go against their principles. And it's, so that's why it, it's so hard to, it, it, well, it's why it's not surprising that there is something like um, that trans-identified male in the thick of it because yeah. it, kind of, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. Because without that sort of stuff, it just doesn't make sense. You know, why would why would a police police officers on mass choose not to not to protect? And you know, hopefully, there's a the event tomorrow. It's an opportunity for um, the police to show us what they can do and what they should do. This is the event at St Patrick's Square in Auckland. That's not a Speak Up for Women event, right? No, it's not. No, we're not, we're um yeah we speak up for women and there's um so Kelly J has got a, um, her group is standing for women yep. and there's a, a New Zealand sort of chapter of that if you like um and they are managing that so it's a it's a separate group um and it so for details and things as we do get contacted quite a bit about it because of the similar names and yeah, just of course. We're sort of the seem to be the group that people find um and we we do support we support the whole speaking letting women speak um thing absolutely um but we just don't run the event 
So if you do want to know about the event, there's a Facebook page which you can find by going Standing for Women NZ Local and it will pop up and it's got the details of everything that's going on tomorrow. And I think um, you're talking to somebody about yeah, that as yeah, well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, in, in a few minutes, well, in the not yeah. too distant future this morning yeah. as we talk. Okay. Um, another th- few things that we've um, become aware of because um, uh, she's been talking about it. And uh, that is Posey Parker. And that is the way she was treated, Kelly J. Keene, of course, the way she was treated when she arrived in the country. And in a post over the weekend where she announced that she wasn't coming, okay, that's the big news, she's not coming. Mm, she's not she coming. doesn't feel that she can be protected. Her family, she says, uh, told her that they just don't want her to go and she's she's decided not to go. But she was recounting her experience of coming into the country last time in March and it's sh- I got to say, as a Kiwi, it's bloody shameful to hear her describing the hu- the humiliation and the and the sort of I don't know banana republic sort of <laughs> Nazi yeah. almost oh, uh, way oh, that no, she was and, dealt with. It was horrible. Yeah, no, it was horrible. And I think the the immigration or customs and immigration sort of thing and the police thing, it's sort of it's like. Um, and, and we know that organisations like Inside Out have been through government departments with their training, um, with their diversity training, and it's as if they've gone just so far the other way um, that these people really, really think that people like um, like Kelly J and all the other women's rights activists are actually um, so terrible that they can be treated sort of in a, in a way that you wouldn't treat anyone else. And I think they, I honestly think they believe it. They, from somewhere they have, they feel like they have a mandate to behave in a way that they wouldn't normally behave in. And, you know, you have to look at how that training, where, where that training is coming from and who's having it and um, how optional it is and what sort of effect it's having on people, particularly public servants who have got, public facing roles who are dealing with dealing with people i mean um i've been organizing um with with tanya a um a series of events called turn up for women which have actually run really well um they've been sort of smaller speaking events for women so they can take the mic and say what they like and we've had had quite a bit of success with them we've had a couple in wellington and we've had one in nelson that just went really, really well, had about 120, 150 people turn up and listen and speak. It was really good. But the experience we had with the police over that was really interesting because we, we'd we let them know that we were having the event. We got a job number. And then when we arrived in Nelson the day before, we popped into the police station to talk to them. And there was we, we talked to this woman who was just incredibly confused um, but what sort of came out of it was that I think she thought that because we looked like a couple of couple of dykes, <laughs> she she thought we were part of the rainbow faction. I'm not okay. quite sure, um, and we are, you know, both both lesbians. But um, she she said that that there were police officers who were going to be um, protesting with us. Were holding flags with us. Oh, that's interesting. They let and the guard actually, down actually there. Actually, they were on they were on the other side. But it's yeah. extraordinary that that was happening. How could that be? Yeah, exactly. That and she was confused, and and it went to and to and fro with the sergeant, and came back 
um, you know, it's what they do in their own time kind of thing. But to be a member of the public, if you sort of take it, at, if you break it all down, we went in there to talk about an event we were having to be basically told inadvertently that the police were, there were going to be police officers protesting against us. Wow. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that is just insane. It is. Well, well, actually, it's insane, but it's scary because it means you can't rely on the police now for fair yeah. protection. Um, well, and, and it, did, it certainly it certainly made us wonder. And, and it's, it, you know, it was clear that it wasn't something they meant to tell us, but I think they thought they were dealing, you know, yeah, there, because there's a lot they're, of they're not that bright. They're not the, bright, but, the sharpest knife. Yeah, they the weren't the yeah. brightest crayons in the box. But um, yeah. so, but... It, but you sort of think that's a, that's somebody in a public-facing role who hasn't, who, who's who somehow learned that this, um, the sort of trans, um, brigade are so vulnerable that they must be. But there's no evidence it. of it. There's no it, evidence of it. No, no. Well, there isn't. There isn't particular evidence of it that they're any more vulnerable than anybody else. So you're making it up. It's a fantasy. Mm. It's a story, and people mm. are believing it. Well, they are believing it. Yeah, they're absolutely believing it. And so there you have a situation where the – I mean, I'm sure that um, there were words after we left, and it's something that we'll probably follow up, but everyone's been pretty busy. But we were kind of quite flabbergasted that you had a person on the front desk revealing that. They're talking about rainbow flags and that they'll be waving those, and I'm like, I don't think – that's what you that you you know. I don't think you mean what you think you mean, kind of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah that was an interesting experience, but it really hit home just how um, captured everybody is. And we talked about the, um, you know, talked about the fact that yeah, we were we were um, rainbow as well, but we were the kind of rainbow that think that lesbians don't have penises, you know. So, she and she just looked even more confused. So, it's a funny old world, you know. Um, but it's yeah. very serious, isn't it? I wonder, just hearing you talking there and, and that experience with all the other things we've been talking about, surely it's time now the public need to know from the police whose side they're on. They do. The public should so the, be So the police commissioner him. needs yeah. to come out and say, okay, here's where we're coming from. He needs to. He needs because he's probably as brainwashed as the rest. I gotta say. Uh, well, it is like a brainwashing. It has to be. Because he doesn't look very bright to me either. That guy. Oh, yeah, you gotta wonder, eh? Well, really you do bit. have to wonder. I'm not trying to be yeah. nasty, but look at what's happened, right? Yeah. No, no, I agree. Uh, it, it's bizarre. So, and and to, I mean, I, I, what are they saying? What are they saying to these people? Like um, everything. Everything must be put aside to protect transgender people, even your common sense and your decency and, you know. Um, and your oath and what you signed up for. Your or... oath, what you signed up for, your just your, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, all of that stuff. And and somehow they're, they're being asked or told or, um, yeah, that, that they should put that aside, that this is more important. And, right. and I do believe that a lot of the people doing this crazy stuff are genuinely think they're doing the right thing. 
Yeah, well, that's the I've freaky had, thing. I've had that's such a number done on them, and and this is the result. You've got normal people doing stupid things. So it's gone further than we probably could have thought. Um, well, I think, I, I mean, obviously, Albert Park showed us that it, that it had gone it had gone a long way. Um, yeah, tomorrow tomorrow's a chance for I guess for the for us to see what what's happening, see what they've learned from that. Yeah. And I really hope that event goes well. I hope and and I think it will, you know. Um Can you see any of this bending back? I'm sure I um asked you this last time, but we're further down the track now by a few months. Election in one month. No one's mentioned any of this, by the way. In the in the election, yeah. No, well, there's the no I haven't heard Mr. Luxon everyone. saying, Okay, this is crazy. We're gonna sort this one out. I haven't heard anyone drawing any it's all about, you know, marginal tax rates and um <laughs> crap that doesn't mean anything. Oh, and fiscal holes. And they like the like talk about those. Yeah, get um, back on track. Yeah, well they've you know, they've mainly said that this sort of stuff doesn't I think Winston Peters brought it up and you know the others sort of said, Well, no, no one's really talking about that. No one cares about it. Um But, but why would that be? Is that the same thing as we're talking about indoctrinated I, I think it or, or, or propagandized public servants that that even this the so-called smart people have have taken this hook line and sinker as well in a sort of I, I, th- I think that I think they're the problem to be honest I think there're probably an awful lot of New Zealanders who are so um under the pump basically that they probably don't have time to think about this and it's genuinely not a concern yeah um because you know they're not able to to focus with the the cost of living and housing crisis and all the other stuff that's going on for a lot of people um this probably isn't making um you know it's not making their top 10 um but it will because it will it will affect them eventually it ends um, up at everybody right it does yeah yeah for sure um so you know some of the people making decisions about these sorts of things are sort of I guess you know the the Wellington Wellington elite in their little bubble, um, who are making decisions that will really affect vulnerable people and not them. And mm. especially with with women, obviously vulnerable women suffer first. You know, um, if you think about policies that might put yes, um, that's the thing. Tra- tra- trans-identified males in a woman's prison, that's you know there's one group of women that's going to have an effect on. Um, and it's not not the group making the decisions, that's for sure. So it's it's um and you know and whether or not um women's refuges should accept uh, trans identified yeah. males again. Well, it's not the people not. making the decisions. You need a men's refuge for that. You do. Well, you need you need you need somewhere for. Trans identified males. Yeah, yeah, well, and, you know, or whatever. That's yeah. what they need. But the the one that women need to go to needs to just be for women. So I don't think you'd find any disagreement with that. No. Um, just to get your thoughts, just to sum up um, and to finish yeah. up our chat, and that is, you know, the um, militancy, the aggressiveness, the the sort of all in state of the trans lobby. How do we explain that? Do you think? Are you sure you've thought about this? Are they on some kind of um, you know, sort of ride of their life here that uh, where everything, oh. you know, every every emotion is unleashed, everything is justifiable. Do you think they 
what do you think this is? Why are they so angry? Why are they perceived to, to, to be so vulnerable when no one actually cares? And this is the thing. No one I know gives a damn. Whatever you want to do in your life, that's fine. Yeah, no, one yeah cares. I, no, I think you're right. I, I think um, I saw a Helen Joyce interview a while back where she was talking about the appearance of trans children um, being in this position where they just can't back down because they've potentially done one of the worst things you can do to your kid. Okay. Uh, so you've got, and, and you've got, uh, and the fact that you'll find within different different entities and you'll wonder why they're so captured and then you'll find out that one of them has a transgender child, you know, okay. and and we know we know that that's happening across across Wellington, across New Zealand. Um, that there are people who do have have kids that are that are trans, um, and that they 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 are they're in a position where they can't back down, or they're living vicariously through them as some sort of novelty. Parent well, or... well, that may that may be the case, but that that's where they are. So the position they're in now is that they've sold the world to their kid, and they've sold them a lie. So it's pretty hard for them to yeah. to get back to that. They've got everything to lose, you know, um, and that's how they're behaving. But some of the characters involved here, I'm thinking of, you know, the you know, Kiwi Bank, Young New Zealander of the Year, and others like that. Yeah. You know, they're very reactionary, quite abusive. I mean, they don't take yeah, the you, people you'll with find them. That, you'll find that there are people in all other all of those organisations who've got some connection, where they they you know they've gone down that road and they now can't go back. Right. Um, and, and that's that's kind of what kind of what we're finding. And, well, here's the thing: I can tell you as a male, males don't lose their aggressive um, default. I can tell you that. So there's no surprise that there's aggression in all of this movement. No, there's no surprise there's aggression. But there's, you know, there are a lot of women who are. No, I know that, but right primarily as well, you know. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, in terms I of, think uh, Posey Parker described them as you know uh, on their knees, handmaidens to the you know. Yeah, and you you really do you really do wonder, um, you know, wonder how it all works. I was at a um at the Hut Marathon on the weekend, holding up a sign that said no men in women's sports and with with um a couple of other women and we weren't we weren't kind of in anyone's face we were just kind of hanging out and we had about five or six men who kind of gave us the thumbs up or came and said good on you that kind of thing um we had two women who were organizers who both came up um nervously and said oh have you got are you allowed to be here? Have you got permission? And, Are you and, allowed? Oh, yeah, and, and I said, oh, look, I'm, it's a public place, and I think I don't think we have to ask for permission. And which at which point they went away because that was all they had, kind of thing. Um, and that, but that was all, you know, it was pleasant and polite to them. And um, and then an, another woman who, um, sort of a probably woman in her thirties who'd obviously been in the marathon, and she was just outraged. She couldn't see why why we were there, why we should have to talk about it. And, you know, and, and said that we'd, you know, we'd um, ruined her day. Oh, dear. So, Poor you know, thing. and we, yet you had these men who were um, in, I think most of them, you could tell they were fathers of daughters because they had kids with them. Um, and they could see it. They could see that um, it's an issue. 
yet you've got a, a woman who is the very person who will, you know, next marathon she might. What, what happened there, do you think, then, Suzanne? What do you think happened there to the woman? I mean, Jordan Peterson says women are too agreeable. That's the problem. That, uh, that, uh, I have to agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they are agreeable. They're kind, and and they, um, and, and I think they sometimes suffer for it. it it's, yeah, it, and I, I think so much of if you think about the world and how it operates between between men and women and the whole dynamic, so much of it relies on women being kind and and giving up, giving things up, taking second place, that all of yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, taking a back seat while somebody else, um, you know, they suffer from imposter syndrome terribly. I've had friends who've been offered incredible jobs and can't believe that they've that they're worthy of them. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you see it, you see it all the time. So it's I can't I can't really answer the question. I can only say that what I've seen. No, of course, it's certainly yeah. a it's certainly a thing. You know, yeah. Wow. Any any. Anything that we've missed? Anything more you want to say before we finish up our chat today? We tend to focus less on the um, public speaking events and more on the sort of behind-the-scenes legal yep. challenges and things um, and sort of digging into what government departments are doing and what different agencies are up to in terms of um, gender identity, and we're having a good look at Inside Out at the moment. So. Well, maybe we yeah. can talk more about that as you find out more. Yeah, definitely. So watch the space, eh? Yeah. yeah. Suzanne Levy, spokeswoman for Speak Up for Women. Thanks for being on RCR again. Suzanne, we'll talk again. Thanks a lot, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.